Coming at you live from middle of nowhere Saskatchewan. Again, but animated. It's Cartoon Night in Canada. Hey, what you watching? Got a problem with cartoon? episode of Cartoon Night in Canada, a nostalgic journey to dig through decades of animation to find the good, the bad, and the just plain weird in Canadian cartoons. I am your co-host, Chris Lucy Antonio. And I'm your co-host, Sylvie Kettles. And Sylvie, could I just throw a hypothetical your way? Shoot. So, let's say you are su- you are a successful comedian. Uh-huh. And you create a sitcom that, despite your humble beginnings and its very humble premise... It becomes a massive success. Okay? Yeah, you following right. along? Yeah. And it does better than you could ever imagine. It's syndicated in, like, dozens of countries. It I'm a becomes star. a... You, you become a star. It becomes a touchstone of your nation's entertainment industry. Like, uh-huh. we can't think of the television medium in this country without mentioning your show. Okay? Okay. Okay. I'm there. And the show ends successfully after a nice, like, six-season run. It's very, very popular that way. And even has a movie, which isn't that well-received, but the fans of the series are just clamoring for it and are so happy that you're doing it again. That's who I'm making it for. Exactly, exactly. So, after all that, let's say, let's let's flash ten years later. Okay. What do you do then? I get a talk show? No. Damn it. Um... I invest in Bitcoin. No, no, no. Think less original. Think more soulless and cash grabby. A lot of people come out to me and they say, excuse me, you can't stand here. That does happen a lot. Another thing people say to me is they say, uh, hey, listen, Corner Gas, why animate it? And I say, well, what do you mean? And they say, well, you know, Corner Gas, why, why animate it? And I say, well, who are you? What's, what's with all the questions? Who are you to question my motives? And they say, well, you're the one that's standing outside my house, crouching in the shrubs. I'll tell you why animate Corner Gas. Here's the answer. Why not? Uh, put that in your pipe. Why not animate it? So this week in cart- on Cartoon Night in Canada, we decided to take a look at Corner Gas Animated, the continuation read exact copy of the popular sitcom which ran between 2004 and 2008. This show uh, and the old show were created by comedian Brent Butt and aired between and this show aired between 2018 and 2021 of this year on the Comedy Channel. It's almost over, thank God. The ther- the series finale will be airing later this year with the promise of a big guest star which I think is Ryan Reynolds but we'll get in- into that later. So we watched the season two episode Paper Sachet, which aired July 15th in 2019. And I think we should just start with, hey, have you ever heard of Corner Gas? This is the exact same fucking thing. But dumber, somehow. Like, I somehow I liked Corner Gas when it was on. I think like that's sort of our nostalgia for this is not this show because it's currently airing. Um, but it's for the original way back in 2004 like that's when we were kids 
Exactly. Like, I have no ill will towards Corner Gas. And if, uh, listener, if you don't know what Corner Gas is, I, I mean, I'm sure you do if you're listening to a, a podcast such as this with our subject matter. But it's a, like, a, an oddball kind of sitcom created by Brent Butt, the comedian, which focused on the oddball residents of the fictional town of Dog River, Saskatchewan, and was heavily lauded for its style of deadpan humor and quirky characters and it's kind of like rural ethos that it really kind of leaned into with its comedy uh like we said in that little preamble completely inoffensive i understand why it was a big hit i'm just really confused why it still exists in the form that it does today yeah like corner guest the the sitcom basically shaped the landscape of Canadian sitcoms, like we were talking before we we hit record, pretty much every major Canadian sitcom since is in some way um, built off of what Corner Gas was doing, like Little Mosque on the Prairie takes the sort of small town aspect. Uh, Schitt's Creek is a very similar style of comedy, just even, just going even harder, committing to the bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Kim's Convenience takes the idea of joy and hilarity found in these tiny little workspaces like it's it's like a workplace comedy but one that actually makes sense in terms of like where where you're working yeah as we were saying uh the corner gas it has a it has a verifiable legacy in canadian television in that all the shows that you just mentioned are heavily indebted to it and like specifically any kind of canadian sitcom that takes a specific geographic geographic location that is outside of like the major kind of vancouver toronto urban centers it's like corner gas is in that bloodstream in that show's bloodstream to an extent it was highly influential and for that i'm just really confused again why they are trying to sully that reputation with further animation with, yeah, with really bad kind of continuations and permutations, which, okay, so this is a, a bit of a ramble, but you know the disaster that's going on with uh, the Dear Evan Hansen film adaptation, right? Unfortunately, intimately aware. Right, as, as a former sort of, theater kid. As a former theater kid, uh, as someone with more than one friend who is heavily invested in Dear Evan Hansen period mm-hmm. and see that's the thing that's happening with uh, or how i was viewing corner gas animated because the film adaptation is such a cataclysmic misfire that is causing these mass reevaluations of the once critically acclaimed dear evan hansen like that has sullied the brand to a point where like there is probably no broadway revivals for that show moving forward yeah like there were there were already some very deserved criticisms of the show, but they were mostly like sequestered into uh, corners of Tumblr where their goal was just to find the problematic thing in literally everything. And so it was a lot easier to just brush aside that criticism as like, oh, well, you just want to say everything is hashtag problematic. And, but now it's like genuinely well-received critics actually now looking at this thing for the first time and going, Huh, that's a little terrifying. Yeah, like th- that's what Dear Evan Hansen was about. That's wh- what that's really? what it was this entire time. Jesus Christ! So and like that kind of reaction of uh, 
a further kind of mold of that once acclaimed thing is doing such damage to the former like lauded reputation is how I feel about Corner Gas animated compared to Corner Gas because yeah. I just find this to be one of the most cynical cash grab and I am just so baffled that not only that it exists but that it's popular and won several Canadian Screen Awards and what? my god no it it's a new like it invented a new kind of soulless that I didn't think could come from animation so when I originally uh, proposed this to Sylvie, I said, like, look at this bit strip ass animation, like animated series, <laughs> referencing the, the yeah, re referencing the kind of drag and drop uh, bit strips, bit moji kind of comic creation. When in reality, this is more akin to go animate, which is the same kind of drag and drop, no personality style animation. And I, I think the, the bigger question here is why corner gas? Because literally nothing we saw in this specific episode needed to be animated. Uh, the Crow, I think, was, like, the only thing that you couldn't do in live action. Or, like, you could do, but you'd have to be a lot more clever about it. I see, I, I guess so. But at the same time, it's like, this was just an episode of Corner Gas. Like, yeah. Like, you're in, a, you're in a completely Crowley... different medium now. You, like, you're in a completely different medium now. Why aren't you leaning into it? Why aren't you trying to really exploit it and do something that's not just a continuation of the series? Yeah, I think the only thing they really did with animation was lift the Family Guy obsession with inane cutaways. Yeah, it's true. It's a, it's a very similar kind of... Well, I mean, that was in the original series to an extent. Yeah, but not to the same level of, like fully leaving the realm of reality and like or fully leaving the town yeah for, for i mean i i would push back on that because I, I feel like that was a, that was a style of comedy in corner jazz just not as pronounced and not so comparable to family guy because it wasn't animated but again like the, the question is why corner gas of all things when the whole point of that series was it's about like small town nothingness and the kind of quirky characters that. Uh, th that populate these kind of oddball geographic locations like that's perfect for a sitcom but when you as a cartoon like the animation doesn't add anything in fact specifically with this animation it felt like motion smoothing was on because it's oh, really it's really kind of clean like go anime style animation where it has a very set number of poses for everything but it almost felt like it was trying to justify its own it being animated while in motion because literally every bit of dialogue, every action has a really exaggerated kind of motion to it with, with the characters, especially when they're, as Corner Gas is, just talking to each other. Like everything is accentuated by their body movements and it looks ridiculous. Yeah, they don't move in the ways that people move, but they also don't move in a cartoonishly exaggerated way that would lend itself to animation it's like they're trying to have it both ways because what made corner gas strong was that it felt grounded in some level of oh yeah i grew up knowing people like this and just making them weird caricatures of the actors just doesn't have that same impact and just it's weird and bad and i hate it yeah it's like the whole appeal of corner gas was again like a grounded kind of absurdity because, like, you can imagine these 
eccentrics living in a small town that you would just never go to because like that's not where entertainment's focused they're not interested in telling those stories and every single like episode was mostly just built around a small inconvenience or misunderstanding between the characters that only only seems super exaggerated because of the small town setting and this you you obviously would run into these people all the time so everything is kind of heightened that way low stakes problems that become high stakes based on people who don't have anything else to do today so why animate it you're gonna keep asking that and you're not gonna find a lot of answers it's it's so frustrating though because you had an opportunity here to again do things that weren't possible in the live action series and maybe we just picked a bad episode as we are known to do but at the same time it's just you there's there's nothing going on that would feel out of place at the in the original series the only good thing about this episode were the crow puns that and the reveal joke at the end, I I yes. kind of laughed at. I had a, I had a good giggle at that one. I I am disappointed though, because the thing is that like every the name of the crow changes every sentence. They call it something else. Um, they started with the best one though. Edgar Allan Crow was the strongest joke name and she starts with that one i was so let down when she changed it yeah so let's just kind of explain that a bit so the episode we watched was paper sachet and like most uh corner guest episodes uh that i remember uh it's just about like all these quirky characters dealing with their own little subplots around a central plot that is again utter in the long stretch of things not that meaningful at all again small town nothingness but just exaggerated for the sake of comedy. So yeah. you have you have this crow subplot, you have a plot about walking, newspaper subscriptions, and I think that's all of them, right? Like muffins? Yeah, that's a, I that's, mean the muffins are part of the crow plot. And I that's guess. like talking about it again, like there's a whole subplot about how one of the characters walks. Fucking animation, man. Like ugh. Yeah, you could have done something. They're Somewhere in that episode is a really good joke about the inanity of their own walk cycle animations. Yeah, but it never really comes to fruition because no, because it's not they're not willing to commit to that bit. <sighs> so instead, it's about how like Lacey's self conscious about how she walks like she's from the city and gets a tutor in in Davis to teach her how to walk like a country person. Yeah. Like. I love I love Lacey and Davis. I think they are some of my favorite characters from the show. Um, just because Lacey feels like oh, what's what's her actress? Uh, Gabrielle Miller has this really great quality of she sounds and acts like she was plucked right out of Friends. Mm, yeah, it, it, and just dropped into this show. Yeah, it, it's it's a nice contrast with the rest of like the really laid back other characters. Yeah. And and I love that for her. I think it's a great performance. And that's even like because it's all the original cast. Yeah, we should we should know that they're all decent voice actors. Yes, but with the way the show looks, it it just creates this constant uh, like dissonance, like this cognitive dissonance between yeah. these like really gruff like voices coming out of these really vibrant 
and bland character designs. It just, it, it hits the eye and ear wrong. It's very plastic. It's it's very plastic. Like it, the look, the look of the show is very, like, polished and refined in a way that real people just aren't. You know what this really reminds me of? This reminds me of, like, this, uh, this look would be the bonus web series that would be produced alongside the actual show as it's going on. And at most they'd be like, because yes. we're, that was like the mid two thousands when that was really in to have like a bonus webisode attached to your series. And at most it'd be like two to three minutes and not a whole episode of corner gas in that style. Yeah. Like you'd have the, the first initial bit would be like, Oh, we're cartoons now. How did this happen? That's weird. And then, like, a bi-weekly random shenanigan happens. Singular. That's, yeah, that does feel like something that would be on their, like, MySpace page. Yeah, like, and that would have been fine. But the fact that this is, like, yeah. essentially the sequel series, despite the fact it is exactly the same as the original series, uh, we should note Sans one uh, voice actress who played Emma Leroy, uh, who passed away between uh, Janet Wright, who passed away in 2016 before the show could begin production. Rest in peace to her. But yeah, like they they did put in the effort because all all of the main cast, uh, because they weren't doing anything, but all of the main cast do return, and it's the same writing team, uh, and a lot of the like, uh, well, actually not the same writing team because a lot of that writing team went on to do stuff like Schitt's Creek and uh, Letterkenny, so... But yeah, like, it tried to be as exactly the same as the original series as possible, and for whatever reason, it just does not hit the same. Uh, I do want to say, um, Nancy Robertson was doing something after Corner Gas, but that something was uh, Disney Channel movies. Oh, she got into those, did she? I mean, that's a... That's a yeah, fucking decent was, paycheck, so. Absolutely. But no, she was um she was the evil principal in the 2011 film uh Radio Rebel. Hmm, good for her. Or sorry, 2012 film Radio Rebel. Did you watch like the two like follow-up series to this where like not 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 like related to Corner Gas, but after it ended, there was like two sitcoms that were birthed in it in its aftermath. Uh, one starring Brent Butt and no. Nancy Robinson, his wife, and one starring uh, Fred Ewanick, who plays Hank. Yeah, yeah, like Dan for May. Uh, no, I did. Yes, Dan for Mayor and Hiccups. I, I was aware of Dan for Mayor. Yeah, I never, I never even heard about Hiccups until I was researching. Both very bad. You, you, you don't need to see them. Like apologies to yeah millionaire Brent Butt, but I'm sorry, your second. <laughs> your second series wasn't as good, and your animated series kind of sucks. Um. So, sh so should we say why we chose this episode in particular? Yeah. So, as with most of, as with most shows where we don't, ha we haven't seen a second of them when we were deciding on uh, what episode to do, we usually pick it at random or go by a title or a quick synopsis. This one was decided for us when we looked at the guest star. So, uh, non-Canadians, we just went through a really useless election. Oh, the, the most useless. I think NDP got one more seat. Conservatives lost two seats. The same idiots in power. And that idiot is Justin Trudeau, who uh, 
guest starred on this episode of Corner Gas. Good for Good him. Good for him. I love that in the middle of, you know, being the leader of a nation, he took time out of his day to just record a few lines for Corner Gas Animated. This is nothing new to Corner Gas because they had uh, Saskatchewan Preer Brad Wall on an episode. They had um, uh, Stephen Harper on an episode. I mean, like, it it looks good for the polls, but this is, with Justin Trudeau, his voice performance is fine because he only has, like, two lines and it sounds like him. His his model looks weirdly tanned and it looked nothing <laughs> like him. I routinely forget how dainty that man's voice is. <laughs> It's true. It's true. Like hearing it, I was like, I was, I was waiting for it because I, I knew he was in this episode. I was waiting for it. The cutaway happens, and he's in his office in Ottawa, and I'm just like, that's not, that's not him. Oh fuck, that is him. And what a weird kind of role for him because I, I think it's supposed to be po- poking fun at this, but his whole like his whole kind of joke here is that he's complaining about how the newspapers are lying about him. And like, hey, thanks, Brad Butt, for letting him get a jab at the media in your little animated yeah. sitcom. Like, that's exactly what Canada needs right now is our own version of fake news, but less insidious, I guess, and more tongue-in-cheek. Oh, we have plenty of fake news, but it's like, man, to get the to get yeah. the Prime Minister beamed into, you know, millions of televisions just to say, like, man... the, the the media is lying about me constantly. And people sure are lying about me. It's uh, what a and I get I get it. That's a joke. But at the same time, it's just really infuriating when he does actually want to say that. He does. Yeah. He's sincere about that. If you've ever listened to him talk about how he's reported on. It's like when you make a joke about yourself. That's like. Oh man, what if I was a furry? But you're doing that as a way of saying, like, I, I actually am, and I just don't want to, I don't want to out myself, so I'm just gonna joke about it routinely. I love how you your metaphor involved furries when you're talking about Justin Trudeau. I mean, no, he he doesn't like to dress up in fur suits. He likes to dress up as another thing. Oh, yeah. Things multiple. My bad misspoke there and uh, now i'm just thinking like specifically about the election and like i'm thinking about that one office meme where it's like i don't watch the office but can you tell the difference between these two things and it's like the election result yeah the election results before and after it's like it's the same picture (laughs) it's the same picture it's the same picture but you know 600 million dollars later yeah 600 million dollars and putting everyone at risk to because you did it during a pandemic you actual fucking asshole. Yeah. So thank you, Corner Gas Animated. Thank you, Corner Gas Animated, for make, reminding us of Justin Trudeau's continued existence as the head of our country. So I want to I want to talk a little bit more about how these characters look because, as, as we keep saying, this just feels really soulless and cynical. But for whatever reason, like with the kind of exaggeration that's justifying its own existence as anim- as an animated product like for whatever reason brent butt has like permanent dreamworks face yeah he has the constant like one eyebrow raised i think it's because his whole character is just he's supposed to be the sarcastic one. Oh, yeah that's that was his role in the original corner gas and but at the same time it's like 
taking that same premise, taking that same joke and animating it makes it so much worse. <laughs> like this is yeah. really fascinating because it like there is nothing changed between like, again, the office meme. Like these are the same picture. It's just one is not as good. I guess he does make that face. A- I'm just looking at pictures of Brent Butt now. I guess he does make that face a lot. Not like exactly the DreamWorks face, but like he usually does have like he has the smirk for sure all the time. Like he's got like that half uh, lopsided grin is just sort of his deal. But it's so much more like egregious Pronounced. and yeah. aggravating in animated. Also, like they with all of these kind of characters, they made them a lot more like svelte. Yep. Like this is this is the like body type that Brent Butt wished he had. Or at least the one he thinks he has. Which, again, like, he, he, here is an animated version of that sitcom. We can do anything. Uh, could you make me more slender? Will people find that funny, Brent? Will people find that funny? I don't know. It'll make me feel better. It'll make me feel better about myself. I, I'm really glad that we're doing this series uh, early, so we never have to return to it. <laughs> we it's never just have to a, think about it again. It's just a coincidence that uh, we decided to do it at the same time that the show is ending. Uh, that wasn't intentional. We weren't trying to like follow the trend and get more eyes on our podcast, but it's like, hey, if not now, then when? Because I had definitely forgotten that this show existed. Uh, Corner so Gas or this? The animated Corner Gas. Like, I was, I was visiting my folks uh, like a couple months ago and like they were watching Corner Gas because it's still on reruns. Um, So I don't think I will ever be capable of forgetting that Corner Gas exists. And I'm okay with that. Um, Yeah, not not a bad show at all. I had completely forgotten about the animated version. And then you were like, hey, we should talk about Corner Gas animated. And I was like, why? Is that a thing? Well, a couple of reasons why I decided to pick this one. Because one, it's kind of important to talk about. Because this is a trend that's going on with a lot of a lot of like uh, old sitcoms that are being transitioned into animation, uh, like for example, like Bob and Doug, based on Bob and Doug McKenzie, that came and went off of CBC, but it existed, and we're going to see more of these. We're absolutely going to see more of these. We already had animated Bob and Doug McKenzie. We had the moose in Brother Bear. Yes, that, but this was like specifically about I'm Bob and Doug, like those two characters, and. Unfortunately, it did not that the version I'm talking about did not have the same voice actors. Like Rick Moranis did not want to fucking do Bob and Doug animated. So yeah, it's important to talk about it because we're going to see more of these. Like we could see Little Mosque on the Prairie animated in the future. We could see Robs and Arms animated. If anyone remembers that series, I do not. Well, good. It wasn't very good, but it could come back in in animated form. So be prepared for that. And we already have like three different animated Anne of Green Gables is is yeah and plus the anime I think, one yes this is all true and I, uh, what's that show that was created by I'm gonna figure it uh, Blackish they had an animated episode that what they had like a specific animated episode that was done by uh the, what is it Smiley Guy Studios which does Corner Gas Animated it looks exactly oh, no. the fucking same as Corner Gas Animated, and it moves exactly the same, and it's terrible. Oh no, this might be a thing moving forward. This is yeah, this is exactly what I'm saying is that there is a market for these cynical 
I guess nostalgic cash-ins wherein we we are doing the exact same show but at a fraction of the price. I hate that for animation. It's where we're going with it, unfortunately. It is a trend that won't be dying anytime soon because, hey, it's easy. It is very, very easy. Canadian television deserves better. It does. Specifically Canadian animation, which is part of the reason why we're doing this. Yeah, Canadian animation deserves better. Because, like, Canadians, surprise, are capable of whipping out some bangers. As we'll get to sometime in the future when we pick a good one. (laughs) When? When will that be, Chris? We got a couple of we we did a couple of good series uh, in in the past couple of episodes, but man, when will so the much of animation come back from the sea. So well, so much of this we're learning is that if you try and you know revisit your nostalgia, it's not going to be the same. Well, I mean, we it's never going to be that. the same. We've known that for a while. So any any good jokes from this episode, like beyond the crow puns, obviously. Um, uh, like you were saying, the the joke at the very end where because. Um, uh, Oscar 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 spends the entire show like hell bent on destroying the newspaper because he wants to murder the paper boy because the paper boy accidentally hit him in the nuts with the paper one morning and so everyone yep, else classic it's a good classic bit. Oscar um so everyone spends the entire episode like essentially gaslighting oscar and be like it was an accident it like the kid's not malicious he's just a kid and then at the very end turns out the kid has been training the crow to try and murder oscar yeah that's a it's a good joke that's a nice setup it's run throughout the entire episode and it's a good kind of button to end the episode on especially because he ends it with another crow pun like that that's a nice way to yeah because he yeah because he calls the crow cheryl yeah, and like that's uh that is a perfectly fine corner gas joke. It's just it just doesn't work the same. This yeah. this this premise, these characters were really never meant for this medium. And it shows in in the way that so much of that charm is just not here. I think it has to do a lot with the lack of grit, like because they've gone for like this this very flat uh cheap animation tech like style and look they've really erased they've erased and buffed out all of the grossness about people who live in a dusty small town in saskatchewan who like see the same five people every day so they're not really that concerned about how they look so they've buffed all of that character out of it and it just it, it what's left is flat and limp and lifeless. It's it's kind of incredible that uh a, like the animated version feels flatter than the version that was shot on location in Saskatchewan. Crazy how that happens. And, and like as you were saying, there is kind of like a grit to the way that that series looked being shot on location. Is that it's really again it's very brown and a bit colorless, but. That's what actually gives it that folksy charm. That is what people are going back to that series for. And here with the smattering of primary colors on everything in in this series, it just... Everything's saturated to hell. It just doesn't hit the same. It really just doesn't hit the same. Yep. Oh, wait, I I do remember a, like, not like a decent joke. Uh, Again, it's just because uh, the Oscar character and his... uh, 
actor. Uh, it's coming to me. Eric Peterson. Eric Peterson. Yeah. Uh, he gives a great performance, uh, even though I feel like there's a disconnect between the character model and the voice. When he's saying, mm-hmm. when he's doing his online version of the newspaper in a bid to destroy it, because online circulation kills newspapers, obviously, he does like a, an opinion corner where he's, he says like, and that's how the Nazis invented recycling. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's funny. Like, it's just a complete non sequitur line. That's a good bit. It's a just a nice kind of like old crank joke. Yeah, it's a good it's a good character line for him. It's a good like Yeah, it's it's good for Oscar. Shame about the rest of the show. It's so hard to talk about this plot and like if if a corner guess podcast exists out there, I want to know how you do it because there's so little to grip onto here in terms of what to discuss. Because it's all, again, small town nothingness. It's it's so inconsequential and, in this case, very unfunny. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're running at 36 minutes and I am struggling it's to our, find it, something to talk about. We are gr- grasping at straws here and... <laughs> uh, hmm. All that I can... Every time I'm trying to think of something to say about Corner Guest and all I can think of is Anne with an E right now. <laughs> Also somewhat indebted at the corner guess. I mean probably. What would what would be like the kind of next of like these prominent Canadian sitcoms to go this route and uh, try and tarnish Kin's convenience. You know what, you're probably right. It's gonna it's gonna be Ken's convenience and they're gonna try and go with a, a Bob's burgers type approach. That probably has a better chance of working than corner gas because kim's convenience is actually a more animated series than corner gas which the decision to animate this is just so baffling because the the show itself is supposed to be kind of dull and drab yeah like the whole decision to talk about this is it basically comes down to why did you choose to animate this i don't know it was cheaper yeah but but why this well specifically uh and this is probably just something that uh, he says in interviews to make it seem better is that he always kind of wanted to do an animated version of this because he's a big comic book fan Brent Butt is sure and you know he's he's Canadian royalty now because of the success of his series and his stand-up so no one was going to turn him down and the, the series is probably put together for a pittance compared to the production budget of the actual series yeah like and and for that like sure whatever you're giving animators some work but what this means for canadian animation going forward i think is a lot more insidious than it was worth it sets a bad precedent oh actually uh like smiley guy studios we there needs to be some kind of like government intervention on their further endeavors because this isn't the first time that this company has taken a beloved show and ripped out all of its soul and when it transitioned to animation do you know what i'm, do you know I'm gonna mention now I, I have no idea uh do you remember a little show on showcase called todd and the book of pure evil <sighs> vaguely yes and that was a fairly decent kind of creature of the week gore heavy purita- uh, puritanical not puritanical puerile a series about a high school that is a front for a satanic cabal and 
their mystical item called the Book of Pure Evil and how it affects all the students there. It's a, it was right. fairly well-remembered show and ran for like two seasons and got canceled because of budgetary reasons. Smiley Guy Studios in, uh, brought it back with a really terrible animated movie, which looks exactly like Corner Gas Animated. Well, this is just disappointing. Yeah, and the, the whole point of that show is like that it was really kind of bombastic because it used a lot of like creature effects and a lot of fake blood, and mm-hmm. and and like a lot of surprising action and gore effects and transition to animation. It takes all that tangible charm away, and that's especially bonkers because something like that is the kind of story that you'd think would lend itself really well to animation where like you can do all of these wild crazy demonic effects a lot easier in animation than you than the work that it takes to do like practical effects but if you're gonna cheap out that's just that's just disappointing it is and yeah so apparently they built their reputation on the quote-unquote success of that series or not not series it was it was a film and now like the entire gamut of canadian television could fall victim to this smiley guyification of their former selves i mean i guess if if you're gonna just absolutely hurt good canadian television uh might as well hire some good writers for it like get that this hour has 22 minutes crew involved i think they they did because or at least to an extent because yeah the original writing room is of corner gas had a lot of like prominent canadian television writers it's just like specifically the comedy isn't the problem here it's like this is the exact same kind of humor as corner gas it's the medium like solely the medium just doesn't work yeah Yeah, I think we've run out. I think we've run out of things to say about it because this is just not. This is just not an interesting thing to talk about. It's I, just so dry and boring. Other than the implications of what this means for for Canadian animation, and like the strange kind of process that the processing that goes through the like specific style of corner gas comedy when put it into this different medium, there's really not much to say. Maybe. Maybe we should have gone with the episode that features Brett the Hitman Hart and some other wrestlers. Maybe that would have been more interesting because I think they actually play a role instead of just complaining about their media representation. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the Rick Mercer episode would have been better too. Or the Michael J. Fox episode. Or okay, but we're not. We wouldn't do the one with the guy from Epic Meal Time. No, never. It sounds horrible. You can't make me. You cannot make me watch that. So, uh, at the very least, uh, this series kept keeps up the really kind of surprising and charming ability to pull weird guest actors to have a little walk-on role in small-town Saskatchewan. But, man. Oh, I guess one final note about what's kind of interesting about this series and its production, other, other than its like really cookie-cutter look, is that the cast itself, uh, unlike most animated series, they record together. Uh, well, specific- 
yeah, specifically before and during the pandemic, it was either the entire cast in a room together uh, recording all at once or in a Zoom call between like, you know, Vancouver and Toronto, depending on where everyone was and just working it out that way. That makes that makes a little more sense because like because they spent so long working together on a, on a sitcom level where you're working off of each where you're bouncing off of each other and like getting physical it makes sense that that would be the proper way to record yeah and is like, in a way where you can still look at each other and play off one another and the, the thing is like that the chemistry still plays mm-hmm. like they the, that same kind of uh the, the, the same kind of relationships that the characters have it survives a transition to animation. It's just everything is kind of dulled down and not as yeah. funny or interesting. Yeah, like the vocal performances are really strong. I think pretty much the entire cast are all solid actors. They're solid comedians. They work really well off of each other. Mm-hmm. It's just once they stop looking like real people and start looking like one-off family guy bit characters, it just sucks the life out of it. Yeah, when they start looking like uh, the drag and drop options from Go Animate, they're like it's not going to be the same thing. Oh, uh, actually, a, a weird little thing I noticed because I wanted to get some like references to what Go Animate looks like. If you mm-hmm. and there's this weird subculture on YouTube that makes Go Animate films about Caillou and Dora, and they're all like. Like you remember that uh, like finger family thing that happened on YouTube algorithm, right? Yes. And how it's like they're... I've seen the down the rabbit hole. And there's like really some weird shit going on when these like com- companies from God knows where are making this entertainment for children. I think the same thing is happening here, but it's so goddamn weird because oh my god, I found I found the Caillou. Who is this man? Yeah, it's not only that, but it's like there's like there's episodes about like coronavirus and Among Us and Jesus, like school shootings and hate that. And like I, oh. you can't tell just by looking at it if this is like if this is like created by an algorithm and a weird company trying to farm views off of kids or a heavy or a human who doesn't care. Like a a heavy kind of like YTP subculture around just doing these weird shit with this awful animation tool. Well, this has been a disappointment. In more ways than one. This has been an exercise in tearing off a band-aid and then realizing that you should have left the band-aid on. Mm -hmm. You don't want that Saskatchewan air to get into your wound because now there's blood all over the wheat crop okay on that note uh <laughs> thank you for listening to yet another episode of cartoon night in canada i we can almost guarantee the next one will be on a much more fascinating series um thank you for bearing with us please drop us a rating on your podcatcher of choice preferably itunes uh you can follow us on twitter at cartoon night pod you can follow me on twitter at cinema creep and you can follow me on Twitter or TikTok if you fancy at Sylvie Skeletons. Thank you and have a good one. <laughs>